Welcome to the Tuesday Review. I'm Nathan, as always, joined by James and Callum in the studio. How are you going, guys? Good. Yeah, good. Um, and also, we're joined by a special guest, amazing filmmaker, visionary <laughs> director, yeah, the Aaron writer, James. producer, um, the, the Aaron James. McJames. How are you going, Aaron? Yeah, th- thanks for having me back again. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for being here. Um, so we, we are very lucky. Yeah, we just finished our review or our interview of yeah. Aaron for his film Astro Loco. And we just thought we'd take the opportunity while he's here to talk about movies and stuff that he likes, stuff that we like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's no There's no rules. There's yeah. no, there's no Well, I think I'll st- we'll start off hot. Um, we just finished up our 100th Tuesday Review episode. Mm. And a key part of that was like our favorite things because we, we've known each other since high school, but we don't know everything. So we had this whole thing about what's your favorite books, your blah, blah, blah. What's your favorite movie? If you had to pick one, what's your favorite movie? Well, it's funny because I like to think that I don't have a favorite movie. Yeah. But the the movie that jumped into my head when you said that was um Demons. Lamberto oh, Barber. I talked about that a few episodes back. Um on a review roundtable we did where we just talk about movies we watched. Um that was one of the movies I, I had. Yeah, that blew my mind when I saw that. <laughs> I still can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah. If, I, if I put that on, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing on the screen. That's so cool. I I um <laughs> I talked about how like there's a very specific feeling you get from movies like that where it's this horrible, like um violent movie and it but it feels comforting. I don't know if you agree with that. Um it, <laughs> Maybe I'm just a weirdo. <laughs> it's the very specific... It's like a feeling of nostalgia, like the yeah. 80s kind of yeah. thing. But also like horror movies with like... Like that. It's like, I don't know. It's its, it's own specific... Yeah, it's a lot more comforting to me now than when I first saw well, it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, yeah. That's, yeah. It's a different feeling, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, it's for like a for like a one, like favorite. Yeah, I, I, a gut reaction, I guess. Yeah, it was. Yeah, well, it was it was a, a, a gut reaction to that yeah. because it's just the the brazen nature of mm. what has been put on screen. I, mm. you know, this is someone who you you think that they're just sitting back going, why not? Yeah, why not? Like people are saying you can't do this, and they're going, why not? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that's what movies need. Is not not playing it safe, and like yeah. we, were, we were before we were recording, we were talking about Cronenberg, um, and it's just like don't do what people expect, don't do things that make people feel comfortable, like challenge people. Yeah, and The Fly, Cronenberg's yeah. version of The Fly is one of my favorite films as well. Mm. Yeah, it's like that's what I mean. I know it's cliche, but like art should confront you or whatever the. It should be challenging. Yeah. Mm. Have you seen um, Brand New Cherry Flavor on Netflix? No. That's yeah. kind of Cronenberg. I didn't, yeah, I didn't watch it. Was it good? Oh, I, I thought it was incredible. amazing. Mm. And you can. Yeah. there's definitely inspirations. It's not heavy, but there's inspirations from Cronenberg. There's yeah. a bit oh, of body time. horror. David Lynch meets Cronenberg. Yeah. It's weird. It's like the thing is we always say is a lot of the times now Netflix and all big streaming and even the movie studios, it's movie by committee. They, they're made to hit the beats to get bums in seats. Um, but Brand New Cherry Flavor is one of the exceptions. It was released this year. Um, very bold, yeah. Very bold, and it's got that sort of Cronenberg-Lynchian so, element to it where there's like... 
um, non-spoilery, but a girl makes, um, we'll say, a, a pact with yeah, like a, a Faustian witch, pact, like yeah. a bruja, like a sort of like a Latin American inspired yeah. kind of uh, witch lady, mm. um, and her payment is kittens. <laughs> and so the main character basically has to throw up these kittens as payment for this lady. The kitten is like symbolic of vitality or whatever. Um, we say throw up. Uh, uh, she yeah. reg- regurgitate. Actually, yeah, okay. <laughs> like kittens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. And so the, it's like the kitten is like symbolic for like life force and power and all that kind of stuff. Um, and has, how does she escape this? And Faustian how does deal? she? Yeah, how does she escape this Faustian deal? And it, like it gets like worse when she's like, "I'm not throwing them up anymore. What are you going to do about it?" And then there's sort of all kind of body horror involved. Like this witch will get her kittens. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's this. It's this really surreal, slick, uh, really cinema, cinegraphic, cinegraphic, cinematic. What? Well, <laughs> it's really cinematic. Uh, Netflix original. Um, sh- you know, shot in 4K, so it looks awesome. But, but it has this real. Um, not confronting, but they did what they wanted. Yeah, which is like we used to shocking. talk. We used to yeah. talk. We used to talk about Netflix in the early days about how it's like you know people go to Netflix because like they can get their vision out. It's not tampered by like TV networks or whatever. It's changed a bit now, but with um, you know they've been retroactively altering some of their TV shows yeah. to to make them a bit safer. Um, but a uh, brand new tray flavor isn't like offensive as such, but it's yeah. certainly like shocking, yeah. it's a vision. Okay. I think Netflix you, you, is a weird place because yeah. I think for a, for a bit we was like it was definitely just movie by committee and they still throw out because they release tons of content they still throw out a lot of that stuff that's sort of just like yeah. um, it's made for everyone so it's made for no one kind mm. of thing. Uh, yeah. But every now and again we get those sort of Cronenbergian influenced originals um, or some of that weirder stuff that I really like. So it's good. It does well, still come out every now and again. Yeah, we were talking hard. about it before where the Netflix model is just that they put out everything and then yeah. just whatever finds its audience finds its but audience. Occasionally, they hit a winner. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, brand, the, the the sad thing is like they, they left brand new tree flavor semi-open-ended, but apparently it's like a one-and-done situation. No, so I was fine with the ending. You get this hint of the larger world that like, you, I really want to see. Like, It's like graphic novel kind of potential. Mm. Like They could continue it on. But I think that it's comfortable with a limited season. Yeah, it's um, a limited series. Yeah. But I definitely recommend it if, if, if you haven't seen it. It's incredible. I mean, okay. uh, was there, a, was there a, a name attached to it, like a director or a name? Uh, something that, that when that person wants to do something else, they can basically make that almost like the second season yeah. if you will you know uh, people go oh i can't wait to well, see look, what this person it's 81 yeah. 81% rotten tomatoes it's like the darling of like hipster netflix people so like they can pretty much do what they want but it's um the program creators are nick antoska and lenore zion and uh they're the the showrunners so to speak um but uh, I think that with the goodwill they would have earned through Netflix, they can get whatever they want made we'll on see, Netflix. We'll see, but just because we liked it doesn't mean it was ultimately Yeah, I don't successful. know how successful well, it was. Rotten Tomatoes loves it. Yeah, which, but, you know, yeah that doesn't mean that anything. Doesn't, yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah. like, Squid Game is, um, that's is true. sort of... That's true. But that, that that's was... That's completely different, but that's it's encouraging. Yeah. That we're seeing more successful, yeah. um, no, no, say, but multicultural that... and... Yeah, but that that was very clearly a success. Like they, yeah, said, yeah no, no, this, this is like almost, I'm talking about. Yeah, the major yeah. success uh, was obviously Squid Game. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. Society why, would be weird if uh, we were treating yeah, Brand New Train Flavor how, the way we treat Squid yeah, Game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We got we got kind of got off track here. We were talking to Aaron about his. <laughs> hey, we got onto Cronenberg, and that put me onto Brand yeah, New Train to a non Cronenberg movie. Yeah. Talk about demons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we started talking about demons. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is this is what happens after that first hour. Yeah. <laughs> See, we told you we could, we just 
start talking bullshit and we don't stop. So <laughs> this is how it works. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. What was the last movie you watched? The last movie I watched. Or, or memorable movie. That, yeah. Memorable films. Well, so actually the last movie I watched was I revisited Master and Commander. Oh, oh that's a good one. Yeah. With Russell Russell Crowe? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, I haven't seen that in a long time. And yeah. I, yeah, I, was, I quite enjoyed it. I, I, hadn't yeah. seen it. I hadn't seen it since I saw it at the cinema. Mm. Um, and I watched it at home and yeah, I, I pleasantly surprised. In fact, what was amazing was the sound design. Cause I've got, yeah. I've got, I'm like a surround sound nerd. I've got the full surround uh, sound thing. The Dolby Atmos. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and this was like ball tearing. This yeah. Was. yeah. Shakes your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you can just hear those cannonballs ripping through your curtains. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. No, I. that's one of those movies where you're like, why aren't more people... Why weren't more people talking about this? Why wasn't yeah. this a big franchise? Because it's based on a book series of like 10 or 15 books. And they were planning to make more. I guess it just didn't do well enough. And so it's a shame because you watch it and you're like, why wasn't this the biggest movie? Why wasn't there 10 of these? I, I, yeah. I wondered the same thing. And so then I went and looked at some of the Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Yeah. And um, I got the feeling that Particularly in the in the states, I don't think it was bombastic enough for them. Mm. It was it mm. wasn't parts of the Caribbean. Yeah, because yeah. there are like char- like quieter character moments, and there, the there's problem. like a whole subplot about like uh like him cataloging the 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 birds on the yes, island or yes. whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's a very gentle story. I would mm. say it's not like swashbuckling. Yeah, adventure in the high seas. Yeah. Mm. I guess it's like what we talked about last week. I guess people just want explosions and that's it. Yeah. yeah. But it also it's also great because it came out at like the perfect time where CGI was a thing, but it didn't it wasn't the whole movie wasn't just It's like you say CGI. invisible CGI. Yeah. yeah. Like they still they did a lot of stuff with like the ships and Yeah, and look, some of because we we get visually you know, I suppose trained. You yeah, know, and as things get better, we sort of, I suppose, our um, what's the word, our aptitude or or our sort of our literacy for that, you know, yeah. um, rises with with the technology. Some of the stuff was kind of obvious, mm. well, I, I would think. This yeah. is an interesting thing um, we should talk about since we have a director in the studio with us. Good or not, we heap a lot of shit on CGI in this studio because yeah. we go, we, we we watch all the Marvel movies, all the Star Wars movies if they ever make any more, which we'll hate. <laughs> um, but like we unfortunately we notice bad CG where sometimes I guess people don't like we'll be watching like Shang-Chi for uh, example um, there were some moments where I would look over at James and he's just shaking his head and like some of the I think, real nasty looking CG yeah. so I'm like as a, as a filmmaker yourself how do you when you're watching a film do you pick up on this that and everything else or does it just kind of wash over you like it does any other audience member it, it uh, especially with like visual effects in yeah mind. look it, it, it depends I I enjoy turning my, you know, scrutineering brain off mm. um, and just enjoying it like like, like a punter. Mm. But, you know, there is stuff that comes up that I go, oh, you know, like, I'm not a fan of CGI either. I, I would I would prefer practical effects that look yeah. like puppets. Yeah. Yeah. Than CG that's pretending that's, then they're not puppets. You took I, the I words like right out of my mouth. I feel like that's also probably the opinion of most directors as well. Nobody likes... 
But then why do we keep getting these movies? Because it's it's an studios. industry. Yeah. 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 Studios. Yeah, studios. An, an audience industry. expectation. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever seen Deathstalker? And I know I've mentioned that a lot. <laughs> no, but have you ever Come seen... On, the, Calum, no, 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 let me get to a point. Not, not in a long time, but <laughs> the score is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason I mentioned that is because you mentioned like, like puppets and like real stuff. When we watched it, out of nowhere, they're just like huge dudes in suits and there's like a puppet. The pig man. The pig man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. There, I just got this talk on my mind lately. I actually, I actually can't remember the musician's name, but um, Chopping Mall is actually his more superior score. <laughs> <laughs> a man of culture, yeah, I see. Like saying, <laughs> we have a discerning, a discerning <laughs> audience member with us today. No, but um, yeah, no. I think our problem is like the overuse of CGI, yeah. where there was a tipping point in the mid 2000s or late 2000s. Probably once Avatar came out, it was game over. Whereas just like they gave up on trying to make big movies that looked real yeah. and were just like, it's all animated because it's photorealistic and people uh, don't care. I, I have a theory on this mm. and it's a theory, so it's probably wrong. Um, but my theory is that... That's a whole show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you fit right in. <laughs> my, my, my theory is that multiplex tickets have become so expensive yeah. that the person shelling out... Not, I mean, sometimes you, know, you get to think about... People with families, yeah. you know, they're yeah. shelling out over a hundred bucks to take the family. Yeah. They want to feel as though they got something. Yeah. And I always had in my mind that if those Star Wars prequels were better movies, they mm. wouldn't have been as commercially successful. Hmm. Well, kids like CGI. I mean, see, uh, we're I, like we're kind of lucky. CGI when we were kids wasn't a huge thing. Uh, not I really. Think, I, I think. But that's I think kids now love it. That's an interesting point because. I think with Star Wars, it's different because if you slap the Star Wars name on it, you're going to make money. Yeah. So if they were really good, I think not only would they have been really successful, but they would have, like the the train would have kept going yeah. rather than like, because it, it's, it's slowed it, down it for about bit, 10 yeah. years after Revenge of the Sith. But I think in non non uh brand like non recognizable branded movies i think you're right like if it mm. is well made like more practical like we just talked about master and commander like if it does have a slower side to it if it does have sort of more grounded old school way of making things i think now younger audiences and even older audiences too who just got used to it over time mm. They, yeah, they wouldn't be as engaged by it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we look at where like the big use of CGI started in kids' films primarily. Um, I guess. And I'm like, I wonder if it's like mm. a holdover from that, where it's like, well, it's it's I it's, think it's, it's just, used in like the Marvel movies, for example. They do get a bit more mature. Like Eternals certainly isn't a kids' movie. It's, um, but I think that maybe it's like an industry thing where you want to appeal to the broadest base possible, not necessarily for, it's, for it's, the, like the money. It's because they can do whatever they want yeah. now with CGI and they don't have to worry about going... And it's also going... they can fix a lot of stuff later on. Mm. Or yeah. they can, it's, it's necessity is sometimes born from... Yeah. It's, I, like, it's sometimes born out of necessity. I think it's well. also controllable. Yes. yes. Like yeah. they, they, they can control the outcome. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they, a CG car chase is is in a jar. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they know the, the parameters. It's not like they're sealing off the city and they're yeah. asking these yeah. wild and you know, like, stunt drivers. Especially to, those types which, of scenes where you can do once. Well, if you ruin it, it's done. Well, you look at um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. I personally haven't seen it, but like the CGI elements look completely different from like the the 
cinematic version of Justice League to Zack Snyder's. And I thought that was interesting to see that the... I'm assuming it was all filmed, right? Like I th- no, I think they ga- they actually gave him the budget to go back and oh, really? fill it in. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Anyway. I, was, but, I was watching um, on the Corridor Crew's YouTube channel today. They had, se- uh, they had Seth Rogen on recently. And okay. they were going back through his movies and they were talking to him about the CG. Yeah. Um, and the movie that had almost no CG was Green Hornet. So I feel like there's also an element of bad luck. Where it's like he made this movie with like no CG. That's and also was, the director probably who's yeah, known for. But it was also fucking expensive. Yeah. Um, and he said this movie, this but, is a hundred million dollar movie, and it bombed. And so it's like they can't yeah. take that risk again. Mm. So I, Green Hornet has the least green screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, essentially. Um, and then but, they go through his other movies, and there's like, well, you know, obviously, it kind of in the long run, it kind of cost less in some of his movies. Yeah, but I think th- they still spend so much money on them, whether they're practical or CGI. Um, the CGI stuff doesn't age well mm. and it doesn't look as good. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you might as well spend the money and yeah. do it realistically. Here's the thing about the CGI that I've always wondered, and I wondered this around the time that I saw um, Gladiator, another mm. R- Russell Crowe film. I started to notice that CG that looked acceptable on the big screen Mm. looked fake as all crap on tv and i was going what's happening is the cg Mm. as they scale down the image maybe because you're closer to the screen because the cg i'm going the cg is designed to to match up with the celluloid yeah and i'm going are those two elements scaling differently as they come down possibly they're getting mastered for blu-ray or whatever else i'm going like does the integrity of celluloid as it scales down yeah. Does something change in a different way than CG as it scales? It become, That's maybe, also an interesting. Becomes point. Le- like the 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 digital image on your Blu-ray or TV like makes everything more sharp. And maybe that, it yeah. makes the CGI. I, 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 I can more never obvious. quite put my finger on it because I remember the um in the Colosseum where he's fighting the tigers. I saw the ad on TV before I went through the cinema. Yeah. It looked fake as all get out. Yeah. Oh, gee, that's really crappy. And, and when I went to the cinema, it was flawless. And mm. is it is it also like lighting conditions? Because like especially on TVs, right? They project the image differently than it would get projected on a screen, and so the picture will be lighter, will be darker. Like on modern TVs now, if I'm watching yeah. a Netflix original, um, say it supports Dolby Vision or whatever. Um, it's probably mastered for Dolby Vision. So if I'm watching it without Dolby Vision, I'm getting maybe a different picture than it's yeah, intended. True. So the CG would look a little different depending on the circumstances of how yeah. you're watching it at There's home more... with the light on, the light off versus the yeah. telescope capability. Yeah, but I've experienced this a few times where yeah. I've seen the trailer so, yeah. and thought that looks really yeah. fake. And that moment has come on the big screen, come yeah, and gone, and I've it hasn't jarred me the and way that, it did yeah. when I saw it on TV. This is an interesting question as well. So, for instance, now we've got, say, Disney Plus premiere access at home. Like, they're releasing stuff at home as well as cinemas at the same time. Are they where are they are they still mastering it for the cinema? Especially in a COVID time. They would, time. yeah. Would they be mastering it for the cinema or would they be mastering it so it looks good on the television keep, first? Considering would. we have a pandemic but at the moment. Keep in mind that we're just unlucky in Australia where we don't get movies when they're released elsewhere. They're still going to be releasing them for American audiences because American cinemas are st- were yeah, still they're, they're still doing the dual yeah. release release yeah. on streaming and so like it's definitely but it's also as we've discussed before where it's like audiences most audiences don't really care at the end yeah, of the day whether it right. looks bad or not and so like as long as it's big and loud and has explosions 
like doesn't even they don't like who cares how they master it like most people yeah it's like it's just people like us who would notice (laughs) and who have yeah and explosions that's getting back to my thing about they um, want their money's worth exactly people yeah. want people want their money's yeah. worth they've, they've got but to check they want the theme park they want right. to turn their brains off but that, like that's yeah. fine but I'm like why can't we have movies like they were in the 80s like or Die 90s Hard. that have big explosion yeah. and but are, are practical like Rambo yeah like it's it's changed now where it's like it's gone completely um Every now safe and again, yeah. everything now has to be safe family lots of cgi every every now i feel like every now and again they try and it fails like we got um was it the dark crystal tv show <laughs> and, uh, but that was, it was great though no, it was amazing but it didn't make netflix enough money and they canceled yeah it. But uh, that, they had the props and everything still everything was that's made. that's the thing though it's like at what like at what like they're just churning stuff out to generate a profit and it's not even it's not about the movies at all no like it's not about the actual art of it, which look filmmaking has always been about making money, but I feel like it's gotten to a point now with the internet yeah. and streaming and stuff where it's like they've completely lost all regard for you, making good movies. Do you think mainstream movies? Do you think anyway. that's because of the, the the mentality of the studios changed more than the directors? Because I feel like if you have yeah. enough passion to like want to make a film, you know it's going to be tough. It's because it's also back in the day, like if you were a movie studio, you made movies. Now, if you're a movie studio... You make IPs. You, you make, make IP yeah. and you have a mobile you have game mar- and you, you have, have a TV it show. As well. and you have, yeah. It also uh, sort of goes back to Aaron's point where he said, um, you know, like people want to feel like they got their money's worth and maybe going for a three-hour lazy drama is going to make... The kids aren't going to be able to sit through that. They're going to want to make people feel like they got their money's worth. And you can remember televisions yeah, but, at home are much larger now. And so someone... I feel someone... A lazy drama, someone can say, well... I could have seen that at home. Yeah. My, you know, but, I've got yeah. a massive TV. Yeah. Like I can sit really close to it and get the same sort yeah. of... That's yeah. also true. But yeah. my point is, is like, why can't we have movies that get us to go see it on the big screen that like, like something like Ben-Hur or Cleopatra where it's like, they actually built all that stuff. They actually like had Waterworld, all yeah. those people. Yeah. They had all those people on screen. It's like, that would get me to go to the cinema. But they don't do that anymore because it costs too much and it's yeah. too hard um, to control, like you said. Rem- reminds me of our Lord of the Rings discussion, how like yeah. they actually like did things actually, for it. To, to sort of tie into what you said about the prequels, Aaron, is we were talking about last week, if the Lord of the Rings movies came out today, exactly the same as how they were when they came out, but released now, I think people would hate them. Most people would. Oh, they'd be too slow. Because they're too slow, they're not Maybe, yeah. flashy enough, yeah. they're not loud enough. The relationships between the characters might be too effeminate. Yeah. And I actually, like, you know, I think yeah. in, in this day and age, like people, people, tribute... people would think they look kind of dated. Yeah. You know, like the, the, it would I think, it would not get the same I think reaction. all of the interesting things are now going to streaming. And as Aaron said, you're getting your big popcorn movies, they're going to the cinema. Yeah. And like, well, yeah, that, yeah, that's what we've talked about before, yeah, how every everything in the mainstream cinemas is Marvel movies or superhero movies and kids animated movies. Yeah. And for the interesting indie dramas, you have to go to a smaller cinema like the Nova or to streaming. It, it's interesting because um, 
like you said, uh, Lord about Lord of the Rings. We're getting the Lord of the Rings TV show eventually, and that has like a one hundred million dollar budget. Was it per episode? Uh, wow. Per something like that. Yeah, it's it was absolutely insane. something insane. insane. Yeah. yeah. So you see that the stakes are too high. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The, 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 the stakes are too high for <laughs> them to spending... lose. So they've moved the goalposts. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And I just want to. I just want to know it, what that's going to be look like. It, it is it all going to be? Is it all going to be practical, or it's all going to be mind blowing CG? It, it it's something we talked about with the the disappearance of the mid budget movie. Yeah. Where movies cost so much to make now yeah. that so so much is on the line that that's why they just make safe. Yeah. It, I, I I talk about this all the time. The the disappearance of the mid budget movie. Exactly that. Yeah. I, I've I've noticed that gone. That's a big part of my life that no longer yeah is there. It's, it's like you know we have Aaron here who's on the other end of the spectrum and he's making money. He's making movie on no money and a shoestring budget. It's either you have that or you have a one hundred yeah. million dollar movie. Yeah. It's, it's low does, budget or high budget. Yeah. Why does Jeff Bezos get to spend hundred million dollars per episode on something which is probably going to suck? Because he doesn't pay his but, workers. Well, yeah, but poor Aaron <laughs> or his taxes. doesn't you know is having trouble getting his films made. Yeah, and like but your script was a good script, you know what I mean? Like, it's not. I feel like it's it's too capitalistic. Is, where I mean, we're having trouble getting movies made. Yeah, but then Jeff Bezos can spend a hundred million dollars. But he's got the he's got the to, capital to do yeah, it. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's the thing is like if it's a it's if it's risky if it's not gonna make its money back because it's not based on something or it's not yeah. easily recognizable fan base doesn't come back in already yeah or it does something weird like we were just talking about where a movie should take more risks and be more weird yeah. then, then no one's gonna take a chance on it yeah i think about this a lot and um the screenwriter william goldman wrote that book yeah. adventures in the screen trade in about yeah. 1985 maybe and in that book he said nobody knows anything and what he meant by that mm. was he said that you can take the successful business model of another film and you can replicate that business model. So you can get the same director, the same yeah. sort of stars and all that sort of stuff. And what he's saying is that you don't know what you've got until it gets put in front of the audience. Yeah. Like yeah. That you, you can yield an entirely different result with the same business model. Yeah. And my feeling was that the studios accepted that for a long time. Mm. But when they started spending over $100 million, $300 yeah. million and so forth on a film. I think the investors have gone, sorry, I don't put $300 million on the table and you tell me nobody knows anything. Actually, yeah. no, th- there is one holdover from this. We've got A24. Yeah, but they make smaller, they make smaller budget films. And I would say Blumhouse, even though but small, they, 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 they make, approach... They make... They those, do. Those movies cost nothing to make. The, well, they go into the, we'll say 10 to... They can go into like the 10 to 50 million. That's really? That's low budget. Low budget, yeah. <laughs> no, but you see, we're talking about like your mid-budget movies. Like, they still look... Like, here's the one example of like a filmmaker that can still make a decent, really good-looking movie for under like 150, $200 million. I don't and think that's a good example, but but like what I like, I think that like we talked about how like m- movies m- like a lot of times we review a movie, even Astro Loco, your movie, like, and we say if this just had a few more bucks, it could be amazing, but it it just didn't have that to cross the finish line. But in saying that, I think most movies cost too much money. Yeah, all these big Hollywood studios are spending three hundred million dollars on a movie and taking no risks and just banking it on the uh, noticeable, the 
noticeable uh, IP, like the, yeah, yeah. the rec recognizable name. Um, when I think they should be scaling back budgets yeah. and being like, look, what can we do practically? What can we do sort of so that there's less risk if this flops? You because one example, probably the example I like to use is, do you remember John Carter? Yeah. That cost like $300 million to make <laughs> and flopped. Yeah. And they lost all this money and they're like, oh, we're never doing anything like this ever again. But that movie should have cost 50 to 100 million. It should have been a more practical, you know, um, you can, Conan the Barbarian in space yeah. kind of thing. You can give a director. And whether it lost money, whether it tanked or not, it wouldn't have lost as much money as yeah. them making this big CGI superhero epic that they did a studio can give a production a hundred billion dollars but mm. that doesn't mean they're going to invest it properly so if you, you remember like again to bring up shang chi and the mm. legend of the ten rings there's a scene where there's a like a fight on a on a complex like not an apartment um it's a like an office building an office building yeah and there's a scene where aquafina's Okra, character is hanging off a bamboo uh pole and it's starting to bend scaffolding yeah. scaffolding yeah and it's all cg and so the thing we talk, James was talking about, like, do you remember Rush Hour where um, Jackie Chan is uh, like literally hanging off the bamboo, off the bamboo thing? Yeah. Now, it's probably cheaper and looks better to actually get a bamboo thing, set up a green screen underneath and like, you know, do it as practically as you can rather than CG everything, which CG is expensive, if I'm not mistaken. Like when you get to the Marvel level yeah. but of as, CG. But as we discussed, as Aaron was saying, it's more controllable. Yeah. So there's less that can go wrong and they can... But it's also like way more expensive in some in some cases. Yeah. Because uh, you, don't, you don't have to spend $100 million to get a bamboo and a guy to hang off it yeah, over, yeah. over a short and drop. I also think people um, respond differently when they know the skin in the game. Like if you watch something like Ong Bak or The Raid or something like yeah. that. I mean, The Raid, I mean, you, these guys are destroying themselves yeah. on screen for this film. And you know that when you're watching that. And yeah. You, you feel you That's, feel that energy because you know that these dudes are going to be sore in the morning. And yeah. you just watching a CG things yeah. fly and bouncing around on the screen you just we, don't yeah. feel that we that's always why talk we love, about that. that's why we love Tom Cruise so much <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, we always talk about on, on the show is like we're missing those days when action movies felt like people were fighting or actually getting hurt it's like Performing stunts were stunts, practical yeah. um, it's like it felt grounded it felt realistic whereas now all the stunts are just green screen CGI and it's like, well, that, that had no weight to it. That had no... Yeah. Because it, it can pull you out of the fantasy of the film too. If you see something that looks like has an inherent sense of wrongness to it when you're watching it, like in, again, Shang-Chi, I shouldn't keep bringing it up. They added in three D uh, stereoscopic 3D into the film. That was weird though. And like 3D's, yeah. <laughs> 3D's dead. Let it go for a start. Yeah. But like it looks, it looks weird. Everything get, takes on a rubbery like a rubbery kind of appearance to it. Yeah. And I didn't know it until Nathan was uh, actually doing some research into it. No, I like, I, we were watching the movie and there were some 3D uh, effects and I'm like, that looks like it's meant to be in 3D because like the effect would come sort of straight on the yeah. camera. Yeah. And but it, it just, it looks weird. And then we're watching the credits roll and there's like stereoscopy 3D yeah. credits. And I'm like, ah, that's why. Yeah. And it just, it can pull you out of the film. Mm. Whereas if you're watching a, uh, a film which doesn't rely on CG so much, you're kind of more in that world. 
Yeah, but that was a that was a case of having a specific gimmick that yeah. for some reason we thought was dead, and that I was still trying. I'm like, is Whoever it made big that decision, certain, I don't know. Is it big in certain markets? Maybe there like, must be an Asian market yeah, where like, it's still there, big, or here's an Asian market that's still really big on 3D. <laughs> and they're like, they're just like tailoring Such, certain. So weird. Like they don't even release 3D on Blu-ray anymore. No. What's the end yeah. game? Yeah. Like, it's a very it's a it feels like a large investment for a very short payoff because most cinemas don't yeah. do 3D anymore in the West anywhere. At least in Australia, they don't. Mm. Um, and like it seems like a lot of effort for a reasonably small return. Yeah, it's a I don't weird know. decision. Unless it was a future-proof decision. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was. Like I oh, know, maybe, they're, yeah, maybe they're just like, look, Three Avatar, two, Avatar Two is coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> they're, oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're going to dust off the the three yeah. D projectors again soon. We're yeah. going to be ready. They're thinking ahead. Yeah, the second, oh, well, the what, second what, coming of three D. What, what's it called? The metaverse. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a meta- thing now. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, so yeah. everything's going to be three D. Oh god, <laughs> go to the movies with your metaverse glasses so oh, they can god. watch you. I've, watch movies. I watched. I watched like twenty minutes of an episode of Brand New Tree Flavor with my VR headset <laughs> <laughs> sitting in the Netflix app you get to like this couch this TV so I'm watching it in like 480p because <laughs> we're not quite sorry when we get to the point where VR headsets are in like 4k yeah like I'll watch I'll watch shit in effect cinema oh my god but what why for the novelty James Look, you're, uh, you're part of the problem have, have you ever sat in one of those um, I'm not sure what they call them are they DMX seats or what are they those oh uh, they have in the yeah. shopping center sometimes the... no they're um they got the, it's like 4D, not 4D. Oh, I've yeah, no, I've no. never even seen one. They have like a bunch of actuators that yeah. jostle you about while you're just, yeah. in the chair while do you're watching the film. Do they even have them in Australia? No. Um, I think they do at so Waverly Gardens, I think. I have, oh. a, uh, I have a, there's a little trivia thing. There's a company who's uh, actually trying to get this off the ground where it's a little, it's like a, like, you know, where you get those uh, electronic um, walking machines. Uh, treadmill yeah treadmill electronic treadmills <laughs> walking machines you can tell Callum's never walked in his life yeah I know um, there's a company who wants to get that done reasonably cheap but it lets you uh, walk in all directions and dark and jump yeah they have them for VR games yeah. like I've seen uh, so they're trying to make them real cheap like I know the Zuck is trying to get a haptic gloves real cheap as well yeah so uh, eventually actually, eventually the technology will get yeah. to that point but now it's still well in apparently yeah apparently mark zuckerberg's going hard into vr now and they spent millions of dollars trying to come up with a vr glove um and they couldn't do it you they know, don't look, they don't have the technology yeah. for an affordable like just one that's obviously not like um, yeah. you know as big as like this room right yeah but something like like it just looks like a glove that you can use in vr they couldn't do it yeah, yeah. they threw millions of dollars out and they couldn't do it so now phase two is they're researching materials and ways to make it happen they reckon 10 years yeah. it's still yeah. it's still a ways off but you know until they override the optical nerves like where yeah honestly as, we'll play our tabletop game as long you. as you have to put things on your head like i don't think vr is gonna yeah. just Plug it nah, into the, the skull. Yeah. Jack. The VR glove. I mean, have you have you played a PlayStation Five? If you held a PlayStation Five controller, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you find that just? I know it's crazy. It's like the three D. The, the way it's explained to me by my boss at work is it's three D sound if you could feel it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's yeah. a good. That's a good descriptor. But it's not though, is it? I mean, you're playing a game and this thing's just like buzzing around in your hands, and you go, what, a, you know, "What's this? It, it what am I holding?" Yeah, <laughs> it depends on the game. So there's a game called Returnal. And it, it primarily, yes, I've played Returnal. Yes. It's good, isn't it? Yes. It pri- like I love the how the guns have different weights to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's oh, that's that, that's good. Yeah. But the actual vibration mechanic, I'm just going. It yeah. doesn't it's, sell it to me. This thing can't vibrate in a particular way that's going to make me feel immersed. It's kind of like when they released the Switch, and they're like the Joy-Con feels like you yeah, you sure. you got a dice in it, or you got a, a an ice cube in it, and it's like. 
it's like no one used that feature. So there's no. still this gimmicky. We're still in this gimmicky fad fad yeah. period yeah. of like it hasn't got to that point yet where it's like this actually can integrate well into games yeah i can't remember what game i was playing on Wii. i might have been a zelda game or something i'm supposed to be swinging this controller around like it's a real sword or something i'm going if i wanted to swing a real sword around i would go and take up i don't know kendo or something like that i want to sit in my beanbag and not move (laughs) yeah 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 you want to play games to relax not so you can get a yeah uh, sorry, our producer Christian just walked in. Silent producer. Hey, guys. Um, Christian, <laughs> he, on, uh, he doesn't he's, talk, he's he too produce, embarrassed to talk He radio. produces. He doesn't, he doesn't What was the last movie you watched, Christian? <laughs> Christian, this is Aaron. Aaron directed the <laughs> sci-fi Christian comedy. Christian nods his Aaron directed the sci-fi comedy movie Astro Loco. Go watch it. We're, we're, uh, we're out of time, oh. but um, yeah. Uh, thanks again to Aaron for coming in. Um, we talked over you the whole <laughs> I'm sorry. That was great. It was great. <laughs> Look, but, uh, it is what it is. We do it to each other. Yeah, this is what I'm we do. Sorry. Once we get talking about thing, you know, movies, it's like can't stop. Um, I actually feel like I got my fair share. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for coming in. We do appreciate it. Um, everyone listening, make sure to watch Aaron's film Astro Loco. It's on Amazon Prime, Tubi, and Google Play. Correct. Um, and you can also. Uh, follow the movie on was astrolocomovie.com yep and astrolocomovie on Facebook yep and um, something like that on Instagram as well and Instagram um, and yeah we're all excited to see if you have anything in store next so yeah, yeah hopefully uh, we'll have you back in well, the future that, I'd love that to come Star Wars meme will monitor your career with interest <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Thanks for listening, everyone. This is just like a short bonus episode. We might upload sometime. Um, you can like and share our Facebook page and all that. You know the yes, drill. Uh, I think. You can catch us, as always, in the same locations you got Pe- this episode. Pe- yeah, if you, listen, if you listen to this weird bonus episode, you're probably a dedicated listener. You know all the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks, everyone. Uh, thanks, Aaron, again. Adios, cousins. <laughs>